Hello everybody and welcome to the Poke Ramble podcast. With the Gen 4 remakes now, there was still no way I was not going to talk about it. So I've brought along a few of my pal peers uh, to talk about the games. Uh, we have one Jordan Deep. What's up everyone? From Shared Screens. Uh, we hey, have yo. Mitch uh, from Press YYZ. Your puns are always on point. <laughs> Poison point. Um, and we've got um, Sam from Shockers. Afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are. Um, so yeah, we, we, we're all big Pokemon fanatics, um, and I think we've all had the chance to, to play through these games quite extensively, and I thought, why not get together and just have a little conversation about the games? Um, so um, before we get right into it, I think what would be really good is to know like where, where everyone was with Gen 4 previously, so what were your experiences with Gen 4? And I'll start with you, John. Yeah, so for me, Gen 4 was not my first forte into Pokemon, but it was like the first time I think I really started to understand the nuances of the game. And it was like the first gen that I truly lost myself in. Like I remember doing Pearl and then Platinum, not caring that I had to start over, which is usually something that I'm not a fan of in games. Mm. And then even post game, just finding fun by just finding Pokemon that I had just caught because I thought they looked cool in my boxes and being like, I'm just going to train you up. So I, I really was able to put in a bunch of hours into both of those games. So Gen 4 holds a very, very special place in my heart. Would you say it's like one of your uh, favorites or does that go to another game? Honestly, yeah, I'd say probably it is my favorite gen just because of the memories I have attached to it not necessarily mm-hmm. thinking that the generation is the best but i think each gen has its really big list of pros and cons fair fair mitch how about you so for me gen 4 is high school um gen 4 is hanging out with friends at lunch and trading and playing the underground and secret bases and and all of that fun stuff it was the first time i really kind of explored what it meant to train pokemon competitively and i got to the point where i understood effort values yeah uh individual values ivs not so much yeah. uh, that was a gen 5 problem for mitch uh but no this is where kind of i started to feel like it was okay get, becoming an adult and still caring about this stuff because mm. gen 3 for me was a bit of a eh, i'm getting a little old for this stuff um but gen 4 kind of solidified this as one of my favorite gaming franchises out there and uh really does hold a special place for me it's definitely top three awesome and and finally sam how about you yeah i think mine and mitch's stories sound very similar i was in high school it was a case of like take your ds to school and battle and trade and underground and then go home after school and go around someone's and do the same thing so yeah it's i wouldn't probably rank it as a top three for me personally but i do have some very good memories with with kind of the the originals that's awesome i come out of the same place as most of you were obviously i was i was in high school at that point um but i didn't take it to school with me i was i was more like play in bed hide it under the covers so my parents don't know i'm still awake and stuff <laughs> but uh yeah the, the, those games are very special to me not my favorite in the series but still very very special um but yeah i i guess the first place we should probably pick up on is um the art style, really, because I know going into the game, there was a lot of, but well, it was like 50-50 between people who liked it and people who didn't like it. So I just wanted to know everyone's opinions of what they thought the art style looked like when they, they got into it. Uh, Jordan, if you want to pick that up. Yeah, I think I might have been one of the most vocal people about my opinion on the art style. Yeah. Um, And I've kind of just come to accept it 
Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's not for me, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. My complaints that I have aren't just, oh, I dislike it. I do think that there are legitimate steps with the art style that have given some issue to the game. Like just all, the two that come to mind is the facial dynamics are not enough to make these characters seem threatening in cutscenes, especially because <laughs> their bodies have the proportions they do. Like, no, no, you're good. You, did, you, I, you didn't enjoy Chibi Cyrus threatening to destroy the entire world? Looking no, like he- I just wanted to pick him up and pat him on the head. And like, the only other comparison I can make is like, the Lego games, I'm never going to think a Lego minifigure is intimidating, but they've animated those faces enough that I can accept that that's what it is. Like, oh, this character really is angry, even if it's a cutesy looking angry. Mm-hmm. Whereas these just felt like they had three to four pre-rendered expressions and it would just go through them like a slideshow. Mm-hmm. And um, then just uh, one last thing yeah, is um, because the camera isn't a hundred percent top down, but it's also not a behind the shoulder view. It's kind of like this weird angle, mm-hmm. but they don't let you move the camera. So there are certain areas in the game where you're, where you have to go behind something and you can't see shit. Um, the biggest example I have is like the resort between Pistoria and Sunny Shore. Mm-hmm. There is a series of rock climbs you have to do to get this one TM on the side of a building. And I literally just had to go behind a building, not be able to see my character, and just press A randomly, hoping I'd trigger the uh, question to use rock climb. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a very similar instance of that heading towards Victory Road, actually, where you're navigating the seas. And there's an area where there's maybe in the original game, I'd have to go and look at the map, but there might've been like a one or two square window for you to sneak through some rocks and continue on. And I think I surfed up and down this one part of the route for a good 10, 15 minutes before realizing, oh yeah, I just got to sneak past this thing right here. Cause it's not the, I really like the art style, but it's some instances to your point, Jordan, there are, there are points where it kind of takes away from the gameplay, which was unfortunate, but yeah, especially because it's still using the grid system, even though your character doesn't necessarily walk in a perfect grid system. Yeah. What I like is, like, you know how we can move, like, in all sorts of places now, not having to be restricted by their diagonal pad. I like how characters still, like, walk, stop, turn around, walk, stop, turn again, and do that. Like, they can't walk diagonally at all themselves, which is yeah. kind of ridiculous, but... There we are. I mean, I, I personally like the art style, um, and I, I really liked, you know, how, like, in some routes, like, the grass would be shaking, the trees are swaying from side to side, and, like, the water looks great. Sometimes it looks a bit out of place, because it doesn't match the rest of the aesthetic, but it still looks pretty nice. But I think, I think like you were saying about the rock climbing and not being able to see your character, sometimes, like, it would be really annoying to navigate through trees, because it looks like I can make it past this tree, but I can't I have to go up and around the tree. So sometimes, yeah, it does, the, the grid system and the way you can move doesn't really match up uh, totally. Um, but Sam, what, what did you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar boat to Jordan. I think um, the, the chibi kind of characters don't do a massive amount for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine with them. They're there. It is what it is. But it's only when you kind of go into battle with the trainers and they become them at their actual selves, you get to see the actual kind of image of them and you're like oh yeah that's what they look like that's yeah. a lot better um, which is kind of what happens in the normal game but they're just so 
massively different. Like you say, one the chibi version is not scary, not threatening, um, and then you go into battle and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, cool, I get it now. So yeah, it it's fine for me. Um, I don't love it. I don't hate it. So basically, what I'm getting is like it's stomachable for most people. <laughs> well, I I actually really like it. I feel like the Pokemon Company went to Ilka and basically said, hey, did you see what they did with the Link's Awakening remake? Just try to do that, mm. but almost to the same quality. Mm. Yeah. Um, going for a similar sort of like fuzzy, you know, approachable and more of a return to form in terms of like the overworld mechanics to what we had in previous games. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the best review I've seen of this game was actually my sister's where she said, I really liked Sword and Shield. They were fun. They were they did a lot of things that were different and, and she had a good time going through those. But this felt the way old Pokemon felt, but with a new kind of glossy sheen to it. Mm. And it was more of a more nostalgia fuel than going into something like Sword and Shield, which I think was kind of the market they were trying to target with these games. So I totally get why they made the decisions they did. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've been clamoring for a top-down Pokemon game for quite a long time, so to be able to get back to one is, is has been like surprisingly refreshing for me, and I've, I enjoyed every moment of playing through this game. Um, I, I do I actually. I, Sorry, I feel like it. we're going to get to a point where there's going to be three teams working on Pokemon. You know, the Pokemon Company working through Legends Arceus right now, um, Ilka working on these sort of remakes, and we still don't know what the Let's Go team is working on, right? Mm. So I still think the Let's Go series was so successful that they'll likely continue that with getting Johto next, but we'll have to wait and see what uh, what Pokemon Company's got in store for us in the coming years. I guess moving away from the chibi style and talking about like the, the full 3D renders of the models as well when you get into battle with some of these trainers, I mean, what, was that more pleasing to, to you guys or was that also meh? It was definitely... It. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I preferred it. Um it just gave them a bit more character and a bit more personality and mm. you could really kind of figure out who they were. It's not a huge deal, but I just preferred those models to the, the chibi ones. I, th I think um, one, of, one of the things that really stood out to me is when you do get into a battle with them, um, I, th I think one of the biggest things for me is seeing a trainer fight alongside their Pokemon. It just does something for me. It gives that extra 10%. makes me feel like I'm really battling against another person rather than just a Pokemon. And I guess um, oh, I'm blanking out on his name. Is it Byron? Oh, yeah. yeah, Byron. Yeah. I mean, fighting against him and then seeing like him, like his, his model, like swaying from side to side with the sandstorm. That was like really neat for me. I thought it really looked really good and made it, things look more lifelike to me. And I think in that instance, I think having 3D models in this game was was really good. But yeah. Yeah. yeah for... it... Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Uh, for me the battles being in like the almost what you would have expected the art style to be if you had just heard that they were making a remake and didn't see it <laughs> was a big saving grace yeah. um and i do think that it helped with a, a good chunk of immersion the like but it was also almost like a tease as to what could have been yeah but the the scaling's pretty good um the models look fine the only complaint i can personally think of is i think each pokemon only gets a one fighting like animation mm, or yeah. not each pokemon but certain of them do because like my electivire okay so three of his moves are punching moves okay fine he does the punching animation but then he also does that when he uses earthquake <laughs> which makes no sense like you'll just was... see his model punch and then the earthquake uh animation will happen in the ground 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had that issue with Pokemon models in the past where physical and special moves have had different animations for different Pokemon and they've kind of shared those animations. So it's it's not like it's unprecedented to see that in a Pokemon game, but I agree that some of those animations could be a little more specific to types of moves for sure. Yeah. I think for me, with the dichotomy between the chibi style and the in-battle art style, this is kind of the first instance where we've gotten a Pokemon remake in the post, I want to say the post, you know, Sun and Moon, Sword and Shield world, where things are a little more open, a little less grid-based. And I think we're going to see more things like this, because I know we did get Let's Go, but that was, again, it was more of a chibi art style. It was closer in gameplay to the original games than it was to something like what we got with sword and shield or even looking back at sun and moon ultra sun and ultra moon i think there's going to be a bit of this kind of you know two-toned approach to these remakes until they catch up with modern game design if that makes sense i think we'll have the people will have the same issues with gen 5 and even gen 6 when we eventually get to those remakes of unless they get to basically rebuilding everything from scratch which for these wanting them to be faithful remakes, it made more sense to have, you know, one art style for the overworld and one art style for the the battles because it meant less, <laughs> honestly, less uh, less duplicated effort from previous uh, Pokemon titles. I think it makes sense. And I don't think we would have gotten these games as quickly as we did or as, uh, in, in this kind of time frame between Sword and Shield, Legends Arceus and whatever's going to come after it without them making the design decision to make this a faithful remake of those games and make it a, you know, 2D ish overworld that sticks to the exact same designs that we had in, uh, in diamond and pearl. And we've seen that with previous remakes for gen three and gen two, where they've used what's made those generations the best they can be. So the gen two remakes gen four and the, the gen three remakes as part of uh, gen six, but they haven't really deviated from the style of those generations games, the way that brilliant diamond shining pearl have deviated from what we've seen from sword and shield. And I think that's just something people are going to either have to get used to or expect these, these remakes to take longer because they're having to remap these 2d maps for a 3d world. Yeah. I think they have the assets to be able to make it into a fully 3d world. Like, like you said, it might have taken them a bit more effort to be able to, you know, translate the, sort of 2d maps to 3d but i think they've got the ample time and resources to be able to do it and you know like you said they've got multiple teams they should be able to do something like that but i guess that's a discussion for a bit later on but it doesn't make too much sense to me that you know we're calling it a faithful remake when it's really not all that faithful i think the only thing that's faithful about these games are the story apart from that there's nothing much faithful about it Yeah, I'll, I'll move on and I'll bring I'll come back to that a bit later. But let's talk about some of the things that, you know, you liked. And, and Sam, give me some of the things that you liked about these games. I think it's just, um, it's it's a bit of a cop-out, but I just like revisiting Pokemon games. It gives me that kick. It gives me that nostalgia. Um, it's nice to go back and kind of revisit that story, play mm. and find some mild Pokemon and remember things that I'd forgotten about before, visit places that weren't necessarily fresh in my mind. So that, that's that been one of my favourite um, kind of elements of it. I know it's not particularly a gameplay design or anything like that, but the nostalgia factor, just being able to revisit what I did enjoy so much in high school is, is a lot of fun. And I have spent probably far more time than I should have done in the underground 
area <laughs> um, that I just get addicted to and I just run around like a madman. Just smashing up walls, uh, left, yep. right, and centre like a yoba. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it definitely is like a nostalgia button when you load up these games, where you transport it back to a time. Um, definitely, like, I'm, I, I love Sword and Shield for a lot of things, but I think one of the biggest things about Sword and Shield is the lack of a, a story or how you're just shunted to one side and the story happens regardless of what you're doing. I think being back in the game where you're, you're primarily involved with what's happening in that world and, and the plot of that world has been so good. Um, yeah. Jordan, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I could say good things about this game for as long as I could say bad things about it. Like, mm. any issues I have with it, like, I'm having so much fun with it, and so many people at my job are playing with it that they'll just come up to me and be like, which badge you get? Or, like, where are you at in the game? Like, we don't even need to say, oh, did you get Pokemon? Because we know most of us got it. Yeah. And we're all playing it in the break room, and I invited two coworkers the other day. It's like, I'm having so much fun just experiencing these games, replaying them, kind of, and talking to people about it. So. And at the end of the day, it's Pokemon. Like, I will love it and have fun with it. And I think that it, it has hit the, the nostalgia factor a little bit, which part of it, I guess, could be contributed to the art style. But there is also that part of me that's like, I want to see this place I love look the way, like, I could imagine it. But the gameplay elements are still very fun, very much there. It, you don't need to grind all that much. Um until the Elite Four, because there's a huge level there. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I, I really am having a lot of fun with these games, and basically any thing I bad I say about them is just me being, like, wishing they were better because of a love for the franchise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, yeah, I think I think for me, a lot of what Jordan said resonates with me is when I played these games, the biggest thing about them originally for me was the com the sense of community I got from playing it with friends in high school and, and the trading and the, the underground and the battles and all of that. And I think that this is the kind of game that for me, <laughs> it was good to get it when we did, where we're all still kind of, you know, I mean, barring certain parts of the world, uh, apprehensive about socializing, going out, still being concerned with, you know, physical distancing, COVID-19 variants, all that jazz, uh, not to put a bit of a bummer on all of this, but <laughs> Omicron sounds like a in... Digimon, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, don't even get me on the Digimon versus Pokemon. We could be here all day. Um, but I think for me, the way that this hit and the communities that I found within, you know, Discord and Twitter and, and all of these different places and getting to experience these games on a more global scale than when I did when I was a kid mm. um, was very, very cool for me. Um, and then I think, you know, echoing Sam, the, the underground, I, I think I finished the Elite Four with like 50 or 60 hours played in this game. And I want to bet about half of that was spent in the underground because it was oh so fun to just go through there and dig stuff up. Yeah. Even though a lot of it isn't really useful until after you get the national decks, but I'm sure we'll talk about that too. And that how these were faithful remakes and didn't introduce much platinum to them, but that's a conversation for later. Um, really happy to see about the return of ball capsules and stickers and mm -hmm. customize, making the Pokemon feel more like my Pokemon by customizing the way that they came to battle. I thought it was really fun to see come back. Um, and then kind of on the other side of things, I wasn't very happy to see the Poke Edge return the way it did because it's a real annoying thing to use in this game because you don't have a dual screen. It's not always there like it was in the Gen 4 games. And why did we have to go back to single-use TMs? Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. As someone who tries to, like, and even trying to help my sister get through 
Uh, I think it might have been Fantina's gym. Um, she got wiped out and was like, oh, what do I do better? I'm like, oh, well, we're going to have to go to... Or no, it wasn't Fantina. It was the uh, the fighting gym. It's like, well, we got to go to the Veilstone department store and buy a bunch of TMs and buy more than one of them because you need to have multiple decent coverage moves on these Pokemon you have. And I know she's still got Ice Beam on her, on her Empoleon going into the Elite Four. So I know at least it helped. Yeah. Um, but it would be great if those things weren't single use the way they were in other games. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't make much sense, does it? Where you've got all Not these quality all. of life changes and suddenly like, haha, TMs are one use, deal with it, suckers. Like, I feel like they why? put all the features or quality of life improvements they've made in a hat and like picked and choose which one got thrown into the quality of life bucket and which ones got thrown into the faithful remake button. Cause it's like, yeah, things like, you know, switching gears in your bike and stuff. We're going to make that all super easy, but also the poke edge sucks and single use TMs are going into the faithful remake bucket. It it, yeah. Yeah. And that's, but we still don't need HMs. Oh, thank, oh, thank God. God. <laughs> yeah. Especially in this region. Like, thank God, but it's, you're right. It's, it's weird what they chose to modernize and what they chose to not. It, the, the thing about HMs as well, it's like, I've not played a game where, like, well, I've not played one of the older games where I've been able to actually make a, s a six-man team or six-Pokemon team the way I've wanted to make it. You guys stuck to six? Well, <laughs> for the most-ish part. So I, I had two teams of six, but I'm just saying in say, general, yeah, like... Yeah. Go on, Mitch. Yeah, my yeah, I was just going to say my biggest thing with these more modern games is having that flexibility of like, yeah, I had a team of like 12 or 13 I had up to a certain point and realized, oh, I'm way under leveled for the Elite Four and had to focus. <laughs> but uh, that's one one way I make these games more difficult for myself because uh, we haven't had a difficulty mode since Pokemon Black 2 and White 2, mm -hmm. and I want that back really bad. But uh, it's one way that I make the games more challenging for myself is just forcing myself to grind a little bit by wanting to have more Mon that I use regularly and not just show up to the Elite Four with Starter, Staraptor, Floatzel, Luxray. Uh, what other generic Pokemon did everyone have on their Gen 14? Gastrodon, um, Roserade. Gastrodon, Roserade, Lucario, if you went to the Iron Island and got that egg before the Elite Four. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say anything yeah. about Lucario before I get banned on Twitter again. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, probably a good call. <laughs> do you want to tell people the story? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'll go real quick. Is Me and my friend from college were just joking about how we're not the biggest Lucario fans. And my, my default go-to like issue with Lucario is that they hyped him up to be a legendary. And he wasn't. Like He had his whole movie. And then I tweeted at one point, I'm about to start the Lucario hate club. Look at this fursona looking ass bitch. Doesn't even look like a steel type ass bitch. And I got banned off Twitter for like a day. Because they said spikies. that. I got what? Lucario's got spikies. Yeah, I guess he's got spikies. So, either John's way. John's going to say the Sonic the Hedgehog looking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, they said I was, uh, I, was, I was enforcing hate speech. And I, in my appeal, I was like, it's a Pokemon, by the way. And they're like, nah, still. I mean, in, in, but I mean, Pokemon have feelings too. Like, come on. Yeah, you except for they've removed fucking too. frustration and returned. So do they really have feelings anymore? You can't use those that moves. The only Pokemon yeah. that have feelings are the ones that need friendship to evolve. <laughs> oh, God. And guess uh, what needs friendship to evolve? Don't hit me. Riolu. Oh. <laughs> come on. Got him. You literally just made your own point, Jordan. <laughs> I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, shit.
I, I think, um, so yeah, we, we've talked about the Poketch, and I, I don't know how else they could have implemented the Poketch without putting it under, like, the sidebar. Like, how would you, you like, implement the Poketch or made it convenient to use if it wasn't like this? I mean, you could have done something similar to registering items where, you know, it's just a hit of the plus or the minus button, and there are different functionalities in there. You've got an eight-way analog stick, but we're only doing four options on it. Oh, yes, actually, that's um, a good so point. So something like that, or just, yeah. you know, hit the plus button and tie different items or functions to the shoulder buttons and the face buttons to decide which one you're going to use. That Something like that could have worked. Mm. Um, I just felt like having to click, like, they were so good about making it, you know, item registration so easy of, you know, you know get your Explorer kit registered, your bike, your Versus Seeker, and your poke radar and have a blast and then i had to click through with the analog stick on this touch screen looking thing when it was docked to try and get to the function to actually track what what, what i was hunting with the poke radar it's just it feels like you know two steps forward and one step back in a lot of in a lot of uh features that they they chose to implement the way they did in these games that's fair i mean i, I, I played like... mostly handheld so i didn't have too much of an issue like using the poke and stuff like that sorry john no, I was just gonna say, like for the for the majority of people, like the Poketch being the way it is, I feel I feel like that's fine, and I just think that it would have been really cool if there was sort of a companion app for the people that have smartphones, which Ooh. I know this day and age is almost everyone, but I don't want to say that's the only way you could have accessed it because there are people that aren't going to have that, especially kids. But if there was some sort of a companion app to go along with it, I think that would have helped out a whole bunch. Do you remember Nintendo and the Pokemon Company about 15 years behind modern technology? So I say the only way you can use Poke or uh, Wonder Trade at this point is to do it in a friggin' mobile app. So that doesn't even have connectivity into this game, and they were made not, by the same not developers. Yet. Not yet. Yeah, well, I that's think a weird thing, isn't it? I I kind of get it. Like, you know, focus development resources on getting the game out the door, and then shift focus back to your other product and build that integration. But also it you know, forces people to use the Pokemon that are native to that region as opposed to saying, yeah, I bred a team of six, you know, shiny Bidoofs in Sword and Shield and I want to run through the game with six shiny Bidoofs because you're a weirdo. You mean a king. <laughs> you heard what I said. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, look, we haven't got Pokemon Home integration yet, so I, I failed to see why Wonder Trade wasn't open from the very beginning. I mean, there is the global Wonder Trade Center, I think I've called it now, or whatever, That's but it's not open. Not yeah, they yeah. just block you every time you try to walk to that part. But, yeah, I don't know why they've they've left it. I mean, maybe maybe Mitch is is right in in thinking that we might get that once homes opened up, but it still feels a bit e weird. Yeah, either when home opens up or just you know as part of a version two update, because I feel like this is the first time in a long time that we've gotten like a significant number of patches in a Pokemon game. Jesus Christ, this, this is the most quickly? glitchy Pokemon game that's ever yeah. existed. Oh, Christ. yeah. Well, I wouldn't say the most glitchy. We all remember Missing No and the Mew glitches we had back in Gen 1. But yeah, there's definitely, there was, there was, I think that's it was different. probably a bit of a time, well, yeah, I think some of this is probably a time crunch. The fact these games are already coming out as close as they are to Legends Arceus is one thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't really, like, if the roadmap includes, let's say, Let's Go Johto for next year and then something else from this team the year following, whether it be a mobile companion app or maybe another, you know, Pokemon Unite situation of pick a genre and build a game in a different genre with Pokemon on it and then get yeah. back to whatever Gen 9 is going to be. Um, I've heard rumors Gen 9 is as early as next year. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, unless it's the Let's Go team working on Gen 9, yeah, there's no way. 
yeah, I can't believe it myself, but I, look, the Pokemon company for me, I, I don't, every time I try to predict what they're doing, I, I end up failing in one way or, any, or, or the other, I, so. Yeah, that's, yeah. I would, I never would have predicted a Gen 4 Monster Hunter clone taking place in, like, the Renaissance <laughs> ages of Pokemon, but I cannot wait. That game comes out, like, two days before my birthday, and you know I am taking that day off, and I'm playing through that thing all weekend. It's a little over a month there. away. Yeah, Which, yeah it's, it's insane. insane. It's actually it's, insane. Yeah, it's insane when you think about it. Um, and we're still doing spoiler cast type content for these games. <laughs> yeah. I, I love how we diverge so 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 much away from this, but the Grand Underground. Um, no, no, no. I love it. I love it. It's Pokemon. But the Grand Underground, like, I enjoyed it for the most part. I thought it was a great concept, but the fact that, you know, I was hoping that we would get so many different Pokemon, you know, before Elite Four and stuff like that, that didn't turn out to be the case. I wish that would have changed, and I, I, I would have wished that it was more like procedurally generated rather than them being the same areas with different Pokemon each time you enter the room, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I thought it was based off the advertisements. Maybe I misunderstood, but I could have sworn they said some friends will have hideouts that you don't. Mm. I thought there was going to be like certain rooms that everybody had, but then other rooms would be almost comparable to like the friend safari where like oh i have the water one but my friend has the grass one and oh, we're gonna yes, go yeah, into yeah, each yeah. other's underground and get stuff that i don't normally find i guess there is an advantage to making it the same for every game but Probably i don't know i feel like there, there could have been a nice in a nice middle ground yeah but i mean it's a good concept and maybe hopefully in like future games like generation 9 or whatever it doesn't have to be like you know what it's like in this game but they can have something similar to it or like another wild area or whatever um, but i think they could have taken it to another level and they just haven't i mean the statues as well didn't i didn't find that it made too much of a difference in terms of the pokemon that's born in these sort of um, no. different rooms as well looking into it i don't think it does make much of a difference until you get to the post game which yeah, is yeah, a little unfortunate that you know this thing that i was grinding out for hours to try to get a gibble <laughs> at a reasonable point in this game still had me blocked from getting a gibble basically until the point where i could even go in and just use strength to get it via the original method mm. and also the stat like you if you put a, a a fire statue and an ice statue you don't get the increase for both the game chooses one over the other so you're kind of just encouraged to load it up with whatever type you're looking for in that mm. moment yeah i think what it does is it goes just based on the number of statues you have the most of of a specific type so let's say you were to use an obama snow which is ice and grass type but then also loaded up with like a glaceon and weavile statue uh, it would be ice type, not grass type, that is getting an increase through yeah. whatever rooms allow for an increase of those types because the appearance of Pokemon is still tied to specific rooms in the underground, which is a bit of a drag of like, okay, my secret base is set up near uh, Eterna City, and let's say I wanted to hunt for you know ice types, but then I'd have to basically go to the underground in Eterna City and then leave and then fly up to Snowpoint and go into the underground there because that's where I'm going to find rooms where those Pokemon have an increased odd of spawning. Mm. It just, it seemed a little disconnected and confusing for people that aren't going to go and do the research yeah. like my nerdy ass is going to do. It would, though it would have been weird if I went into a volcano room and Glalie was there. <laughs> I mean, would it though? I've seen, I've seen they, stranger these, things. These Pokemon ain't like Frosty the Snowman. They ain't, they ain't melting at the first sign of spring, like. I guess. But, and I also feel like the the lack of like, that now it's not even a secret base. It's just a trophy room. Like there's no couches. Yeah. There's no TVs. Like it used to be like a actual base. Like you could put stuff in there. Now it's just 
Here, here's my statues. Jordan wants to bring trainers over for Poketch and chill. <laughs> Listen, man. Just Cynthia. Oh, man. Even Chibi Cynthia? Come on, dude. I wish. No, no. <laughs> All right, that's a you thing. Shit, no one clip that out. I meant full scale, Cynthia. <laughs> oh, God. I just realized. Oh, welcome to the, the last episode of the Coco Ramble podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to retract any statements that were previously made <laughs> upon reflection. My words are poorly chosen. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think one, one, of the, <laughs> one of the things I really liked about these games, and I think it's done best than any other game that's come before it, is the battle backgrounds. Like, yeah. there's some routes where you're facing trains, and then you can see, like, Mount Coronet in the distance, and I just think it's, it was, like, one of the most beautiful things ever in a Pokemon game, and I really hope that that's something that sticks with in future Pokemon games, but, like, in different rooms as well, the battle backgrounds would be different and detailed. I just absolutely love the work they put behind these backgrounds. Yes, but also, did anyone else feel like they discovered a way to implement those water physics within, like, the first alpha of the game? And they're just like, we have to put this water effect literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt really inconsistent. Mm. Like, there's some areas where I'm like, wow, the water looks good. And there's other times where I'm like, there's some blooming, uh, moving blue JPEG over there, yeah. It's more just like, why is this puddle shimmering in the same way as the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh pokemon logic i love it yeah i mean it's one of those i mean it's the like i think they've assisted development on like various games but i think this was their first actual game that they've made yeah so i guess there's gonna be like some missteps along the way with, with that i guess but for the most part i think you know with the background i think they did good but like you said yeah the water can be inconsistent and like i said earlier the aesthetic of it looks very different to the rest of the pokemon world for whatever reason so yeah so I had something that I said on my own podcast that I'll, I'll share the idea here where I'm not sure how much of the weird issues or choices were made by Ilka versus maybe uh, Masuda couldn't see past his own vision mm. type of thing. And the, the reason I say that is because Ilka Games was responsible for porting over Dragon Quest uh, 11, 11 S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition the world's longest video game title. But in that game, they let you switch between the new graphics and like the original NES graphics, like on the fly. And the the newer graphics look very good. I played the demo for that game and it looks great. So I do think that some of the choices that were made were leadership decisions being like, you have to design it this way. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on there. Um, whilst Ilka were developing it, Game Freak was still overseeing it. So um, he was involved with these games as well. So yeah, yeah, no, I remember they said on, that in, yeah. in the announcement that he was still like helping, kind of lead and direct them, but not as a director, but I think more no. as like a yeah, a, an overseer. But I just think that he wasn't able to see past the own vision he made when he made Gen Four way back when. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the other thing too is this is the first time that the Pokemon companies, you know leadership has had to work with an outside studio on a core pokemon title like we've had spin-off games in the past which you know have been mixed in terms of the reception to put it generously and some have been really appreciated some less so um but this is the first time they've worked on a core pokemon rpg title with an external party and i think part of it is like we said it's it's just the growing pains of that of having to like as someone who works in software development, the idea of working with outside vendors 
to get anything done can always feel like pulling teeth and trying to, you know, get everyone on the same page, line up deliverables, line up test builds, all of this sort of thing can be really challenging when uh, one team isn't kind of left to make their own creative choices when it comes to a title. And I hope there was enough here from Ilka that the Pokemon company will feel more comfortable with giving them more work in the future. Cause I do feel like there are really good, there's a really good foundation here that can be applied to let's say gen five, six and so on remakes. If they were to do go the route of, you know, have the remake team, have the let's go team and have the, the core team, which is the one working on legends Arceus right now. Um, I just think that there needs to be a little less management. Um, and I, I, I've seen, at least in my experience in the past, that, you know, overmanaging a, a project involving multiple external teams can be very challenging to get the right product out the door. Mm. And I hope that this is just a lesson learned by anyone involved that, you know, this team is capable, they can deliver. So let them pitch you what they think and, and put that out as opposed to, having to get everything approved by uh by the powers that be this was going to be a question i was going to ask later but i might as well ask it now that we're on this subject but do do we want remakes like this or do we want remakes like the ones we got with heart gold soul silver fire red leaf green or as those kind of remakes like how how would you want to manage that like would you rather have this or would you rather have that i'm of the camp that i wish that I would rather the remakes be more like the the first three remakes we got that you just listed. Mm -hmm. um, and part of me is mad that they decided to get experimental with this because they kind of now broke that pattern. Mm -hmm. And I know the Pokemon company is kind of famous for just randomly breaking patterns, like doing sequels instead of Pokemon Grey, just not even doing a definitive edition for X and Y. Um, so there really is no predicting what they'll do. But in, in my own opinion, remakes are made to modernize and improve the game from the originals heart gold and soul silver look just like um uh diamond and pearl arguably ran better because those games ran very slow on that ds engine fire red and leaf green i would say are the best way to play through kanto because red blue and yellow are just like they're great they're nostalgic but the code is a mess in some points um and then Oras implemented the the modern mechanics of at the time there was Mega Evolution, there was the looking at Hoenn kind of from the updated graphics that the 3DS could provide at the time. Yeah, sorry. And other quality of life things, which like we said with this game, are half and half depending on what they wanted to include and what they didn't. Yeah, I'm I'm open, so I I have so much nostalgia for the originals and the original remakes that I would be happy if they went down that route, but there's there's bound to be a point where they stumble upon the kind of successful remake formula, and the only way they're going to do that is kind of a bit of trial and error. So I think this presents some really good building blocks if they do decide to go down that route. Um, so I'm happy either way as long as the remakes keep rolling. I mean, yeah. I, sorry, Mitch, go for, go for it. I was just going to say, Gen, Gen 5, I am an unabashed Gen 5 super fan. Gen 5 is my favorite generation. I know there are a lot of people that didn't like it, uh, but for me, that was one that was very, very important to me. Um, and I would be happy to see Ilka take the reins on that remake and put it out and learn what they can from this and from the community feedback and from um take like the pokemon company take the the constructive criticism that we've given this game and understand that look the reason that 
previous remakes have been so successful is that the teams have been free to kind of do with that original formula what they felt was the best fit, given the hardware, the engines they're working on right now and everything else around that. And I think there was a bit of uh, hesitancy with these Gen 4 remakes of trying to stay as faithful as they could to the original and doing some modernization, but maybe it's running short on time or deadlines or, you know, conflicts in opinion or whatever the case might be that, that held up some of the other modernizations we would have liked to have seen. That being said, I think this formula of, you know, sort of T 2d sort of, sort of 3d is what we're going to kind of have to get used to when it comes to the remakes at this point, I don't see them taking the development effort of porting a 2d world into this 3d engine. Cause they haven't really done that. Cause even looking at something like Oras, it was still pseudo grid based and over and uh, you know, over top similar to the X and Y engine. Um, I think there's going to be a, there's going to be, you know, people who want a full blown 3d remake and others who will be happy with the faithful, recreation of something they already remember fondly and i hope they just take some of the criticisms around you know opening up late game content earlier making it a little more accessible um that content that is um i think the pokemon company still has a lot of work to to do when it comes to making their games more accessible um but and i also imagine castellia city in 3d dude yeah (laughs) i could but also like just it it's a tough tough tightrope to walk just because mm. you're looking at things from a modern perspective whereas the developers are going to be looking at this of like okay what is the best way to put this out so as long as they give me a difficulty mode and the remakes of black and white when those inevitably come uh and maybe give us the full story of black black and white and then black two and white two in a single game that would be great um but ultimately i the people making these games know more about what makes a good game than I do because I just play them and love them. And it doesn't really matter what the Pokemon company puts out. Cause I'm an unabashed fanboy and we'll play all of it and I'll have my criticisms, but I will still give them all the money and play all the games and have a big old stupid smile on my face the whole time through. This, this is what makes me so conflicted when talking about this game because I love it. And at the same time, I just wish there was, there was another thing that I could have gotten where it's like a reimagining, a reimagining where there's more law now. There's different laws, a different timeline, you know, things I, I've got nostalgia for that are slightly changed. You know, Cynthia coming up with a mega card from out of nowhere. I would have loved that. I would have loved stuff like that. But I, I totally understand Your where you're coming from. Your job was hard enough. Yeah. We didn't need a mega evolution, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you made the point, but should Pokemon be looking at, you know, games by convenience rather than you know what they can do with these games should they be thinking oh how convenient would it to be in to make it in 3d or how convenient would it to have like a more similar art style to the older games like should they be thinking along those lines or should they be trying to innovate well it, it, it's going to depend on who's developing i think yeah for the internal stuff i think looking at innovating making the steps forward it makes the most sense yeah but when you're trusting the largest entertainment ip to an external party you want them to you're, you're going to hope that they'll stick to the formula i guess that makes sense sorry john so the games i would say the game this graphic has these graphics have been compared to the most is link's awakening which i see the comparison i actually played Link's awakening right before i i played these games um and like i think having a discrepancy this big in the graphics between the pokemon games 
might potentially hurt it. Because so Link's Awakening is one game. It is a single game. Every Zelda game kind of looks different from each other. Whereas Pokemon right now, if the other thing is we forget is at the end of the day, this is a franchise made for younger audiences. So to if a kid wants to play Pokemon and then they see Sword and Shield and then they see Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, they might not necessarily think they may, they might go for the one that looks more like the other video games they're playing. And I think that art style becomes a lot more nuanced when you become an adult. And you can cool. see the positives and negatives to different types of art styles and why things might be pixelated because people just like that art. But I think kids just go for like what looks the fanciest. And I know that might be a dumb argument to be like, think about the kids. But I, I also do want other people to experience the same games. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But maybe we'll yeah. get a platinum with uh, Game Freak. Who knows? Well, we'll see. I would say just added some yeah. platinum elements into this. Yeah. Hey, you could catch Houndoom early. <laughs> That's a feature. Yes, you can catch Houndoom, but not Houndoor for whatever reason. <laughs> you can breed. Breeding exists. Come on. No, I. I know, but, I, but it's I, a weird. No, choice. no, I, to I totally agree. Yeah, there's there's a lot more quality of life that they could have introduced here, and I'm I'm sure that part of it was deadlines part of it was requirements from the powers that be um that got us the product we did and i'm just yeah i'm hopeful that now that this is out the door with you know the there's positive reception there's you know obviously some constructive feedback that we've all voiced very loudly some of which got us banned from twitter but we're talking about that. <laughs> um and i He's hope furry, they, damn it <laughs> i hope they take whatever feedback they've gotten from the community at large and really take that to heart and figure out what the next what the best approach is to whatever the next, you know, revisiting is, whether that be Let's Go Johto, whether that be, you know, uh, Onyx Black and Pearl. I don't know what they'd call these remakes. We'll find out eventually when they happen in 15 years after people have been clamoring them for them for eight, even though I'm the guy here saying we need Gen 5 because I love Gen 5. I feel like there aren't enough just, people Just see that Jordan everyone walking was so on hung his chair Gen 4. thinking about the Cario. <laughs> oh, I'm just sorry, I'm thinking about the future now. Future Jordan still hating Lucario. I will. This is, this is the meme. Like, they hated him because Jesus spoke the truth, and I'm speaking the truth here. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Yeah, no, I'm. I, 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 I really like Gen Five, and actually, I'm one of those people who, when I when I first broached onto Gen Five, I wasn't the biggest fan. But then revisiting it, I'm like, why did I ever think this was nothing less than excellent games? Yeah, no, you're totally right. I, I like like that with this game like I said I, I I wouldn't mind getting a 3D remake or or getting a top-down Pokemon game again I think the biggest thing for me is just just getting a game that you know is reimagined a little bit where there's things changed or, or things added and some mechanics brought in like like I said Mega Evolution I really love that mechanic but I don't I just don't want a a rehash of it even though I enjoyed playing through you know, Diamond and Pearl and and now I can replay these games without having to out my ds and having to worry about you know going back to the pokemon center to pick up a pokemon and stuff like that yeah on, honestly this is the best vert like people are like oh no go play platinum platinum's the best way to play gen 4 and they're wrong i'm sorry oh. uh, but <laughs> with with the modernizations we got here this Ooh. is the best most convenient way to play gen 4 if you want to go spend 150 dollars on a copy of platinum at your local game and hobby shop feel free but i'm just going to play these with a smile on my face mm. I, I guess the, the biggest um thing is like i just wish they had brought some, some like of the post-game content from platinum into this game and it's a shame losing characters like looker from platinum in these games but 
Yeah, I want them is, to continue it? exploring that that plot thread that we've had dangling for you know 15 <laughs> years at this yeah. point. Yeah. See, go. for me with the platinum stuff, I wish that and th this the first part I'm going to say this could still happen, but th the same way we got the Delta episode in Oras, which kind of incorporated the big changes from uh emerald in the story including Raquaza and including deoxys i feel like they could do that do some type of an episode that includes giratina and rcs and all that stuff the biggest thing with platinum is they did like this weird half step between the diamond and pearl decks and the platinum decks and i just wish they would have went all out on the platinum decks because then we would have had better gym leader teams like, Volkner has half his team not being electric type. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Why do and they do that? fucking artillery yeah. for whatever reason. And people are going to say, oh, no, but these are faithful remakes. No, motherfucker. These people have items now. Their abilities are different. There's no reason why you couldn't have just changed their Pokemon as well. And it's still be called Brilliant Diamond thing. Shining Pearl. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, like, I could I could see us, like, to Jordan's point, give us a platinum episode in, like, July. You know, give some room to breathe on this game. Yeah. Have Legends Arceus come out, let people play through that single player adventure. Mm. Uh, there's already hints, not not necessarily hints, but there's there's text in the game that kind of implies more story. There's well, we the, need the events for the, like the game Shaman listing and page stuff. itself says something about you know paid DLC, even though nothing's been Ooh. announced. So okay, yeah, I'd say anything's still on the table. I could still see them coming back to this and adding more to it. Yeah, unless Ilk is just going to go back to working on Pokemon Home, which we are missing. Five I'd rather mythicals. see them put more effort, put more work into this because I think there's a lot more to yeah. explore here rather than just having to glitch your way to Shaman. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I think it's fun. Yeah. It's people going to find a way to break the damn game again, Jordan. <laughs> like, did, uh, did anybody use any of the glitches that no, were out during the first patch? I didn't bother. I did not. Um, but I will say it was kind of an interesting choice for them to say, oh, yeah, you had uh, save data from Let's Go or from Sword and Shield on your Switch. Here are some legendary Pokemon. Oh, man, I was so happy. And I'll tell you why. It's because Jirachi is one of my favorite Pokemon. And so to finally be able to use it from the beginning of a game, in my team, I was, oh man, I was out of the, uh, 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 over the moon, out of the moon, over the moon. Sorry, I'm thinking about Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. um, so it was half the internet, the other half's thinking about Fortnite. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess um, another addition they made into these games is like rematches with gym leaders. I think we had that in Platinum, but in, in this game, you know, we didn't have it in Diamond and Pearl, and, and now they've got six Pokemon, and they're actually pretty good teams, like... I mean, that's one of the best additions I, I can think that they've they made have, to like, this game. They have, like, competitive teams. Yes, yeah. Which is which has been great to see. And, like, Blissey doesn't take 15 years to kill now, which is also another great addition. I cannot addition. wait to go and play those, because I really just... I finished the game, and then I started shiny hunting, and yeah. I'm like, I just want my shiny Larvitar, and then I can get back to, you know, training some competitive mon. Yeah. I Yeah, I haven't breached the Battle Tower just yet, because I'm in the same position as you, Mitch, where I want to I wanna try get my, my hidden ability Pokemon, like a multi-scale Dragonite and then you know go up there and say hello to to Palmer but yeah I, I just want to wait until we get that Pokemon home support because I want to be able to trade over my Japanese six perfect IV ditto for breeding as opposed mm. to having to do it the long way like I did way back in gen four and five mm. here's a little tip for you guys if you are looking for like a Japanese detail not like six IV or something like that but there's like people on um on Twitter like Japanese people on Twitter who want foreign dittos so if you just like go and google translate copy and paste ditto you can actually interact with something i managed to get two for myself <laughs> two two dittos so, yeah if you're looking for a foreign deal that's a good way of doing it um what else was there in the games that have changed 
I, oh, did you guys ever see like a weird blur? I mean, it was more like, um, sort of like obvious to me in the beginning of the game, but sometimes there'd be like a weird blur on the top half of the screen in these games. And I just want to know if there's like, if it was just a me problem or like kind of like the depth of field blur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that a few times, like coming down Cycling Road and anywhere else, like going up Mount Coronet for sure. I noticed some of that in the distance, which mm. I kind of like that effect. It felt more akin to something that we would have seen from that Link's Awakening May. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't get used to it. But then, like, when I was, like, in the middle of the game, I never noticed it again until I went back to those earlier routes. So I was just wondering if that was a me thing or, you know, if everyone else I didn't it, but... notice that type of blur. But, like, when a battle starts and then the background isn't fully in frame, it sometimes looked like there was an issue with my Switch screen if that makes sense like when you're in a cave and yeah. there's like the the weird like passage it would be blurred when the when it's just the trainer but it's blurred in a way where i'm like is there something wrong with my screen i, I tell you one of the funniest things is i thought my my switch had broken because i was in one of the defog areas and i went to the grand underground then then came back up and when i came back up the place was all like you know defogged well not defogged it had fog the everywhere fog had come yeah. Back, yeah so i was like shit what's happened to my switch and it took me ages to like figure out oh hang on a minute just use defog just just use <laughs> yeah. defog I, yeah and i totally forgot defog was a thing in these games the first time i ended up in an area where i needed i'm like oh my god what's happening i can't see what did i miss mm. and then you know dug through the pockets like oh i don't know defog great i guess i'll just use it because you don't have to worry about finding an actual pokemon mm. and putting it on the pokemon the weirdest little nitpicky thing that I have with this game, though, is for whatever reason, there is a split second between when you encounter a wild Pokemon and when the encounter actually starts. Yes. yes. So when my character doesn't move for like a, a quarter of a second, I'm like, what's happening? I expect that instantaneous reaction. And I don't get it. And I know that's the most nitpicky thing I could say about any game, but it just it threw me off enough that I noticed it on multiple occasions. <laughs> You've gone no, through every single Pokemon game in your life and never encountered that issue. So when you encounter it for the first time, it's like, wait, what the it's fuck? Odd. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and I think that's just one sign of other performance issues, in my personal opinion, because there is that when you're encountering a wild Pokemon. When you encounter a trainer, sometimes when they approach you, the camera will get closer. So it's, for lack of a better word, yeah. it's, it's, it almost looks like a cutscene. And then before yep. the battle, the way that in a wild account encounter it would pause, it goes back to the top-down view and then loads in the battle. The game also takes really long to just start up. Like, if you close the game out fully, click it on the homepage of your Switch. 42 seconds. Good, like, like it was, you said 22? 42, sorry. Yeah, it's like, yeah, upwards, it's like of a, upwards of a minute. Yeah. Yeah, see, I had a friend be like, no, it's not even close to 30 seconds. Like, maybe not all the times, but... And it's not even that, oh, the the whole animation takes that long. I'm talking just to even get to the start of the copyright. The black like black screen. Years. Yeah. I noticed that. Were you playing on a launch switch as well? Or were you playing on... No, I have an OLED now. OLED now. Oh, yeah, I mean, bastard. they haven't really changed the hardware, so I wouldn't expect that to make a difference, but... Fair, but it's yeah, also it was not a, little a launch odd. one. Yeah. I, I'm still fully expecting, even though the OLED came out this year, that they're going to announce it, the Switch Pro or the Switch Plus whenever they decide to re-reveal uh, the Legend the of Zelda new Breath switch of the Wild XL. sequel. Yeah. The new, it'll just be the new Switch, knowing Nintendo. But yeah. I do fully expect that to still come, which is why I didn't pick up the OLED. But I can imagine that making a game like this a little more performant. Because we noticed that as well with the, the 3DS to the new 3DS of Pokemon was one of the first games I put in. It was like, oh, this is actually different. Yeah. 
No, I, I was in the same camp as you as the OLED, but I, I just sold my old Switch, so it's almost like I just paid for an upgrade. Yeah, which is no big deal. Yeah. My Switch, yeah, my original Switch was on its last leg, so I used that as an excuse to just get the OLED. I'm I'm praying for a Legends RCS one. I've been praying for one, because I really want that OLED Switch. But, uh, yeah, I'm still using my OG one, which is like, I've I've had, because I've found handheld, I've had to have like a portable charger with me at all times, just in case it, it runs out of battery. Yeah, a fun yeah I play my Switch predominantly docked, which is why the OLED upgrade didn't really do anything for me. Oh, fair. Um, and I know that once I do get whatever the new Switch ends up being, uh, I won't sell this one because it is a launch Switch, and we all know what that means. What, what does it mean? Sorry. Oh, there's like a, a, a there's an actual like there's a you can hack the system. Oh, I see. And there's no way for them to patch it out because it's a hardware hack. It's not a software hack. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about that until I handed it to the guy who bought it off me, where he was like, yeah, the original ones are really easy to hack and stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm going to keep mine and not sell it after I get a new one. Oh, I'm glad I, I know this now. <laughs> I originally wanted to buy a, a Switch Lite for purposes of hacking, and then I found out you can't do it on the Lite yet. Well, I mean, they're going to work on soft hacks, but the, the, like the, the OG Switch will go for like double on ebay and the like just because of that because people really want these things for for hacking about yeah i wish i knew that <laughs> well come to me next time and i'll warn you i've got a couple yeah. of more bugbears with this game I, I think one's one that we all probably can share is probably the x x the force x share where i think yeah. middle of the game i i was so over leveled to the point i chose a second team to run through um those like fourth like, and fifth gyms like I said, I wasn't because I was doing that the whole time. Like anytime I caught a Pokemon that I was like interested in using, like, yeah, I'm just gonna use it. Mm, uh, but I do plan on starting a Nuzlocke uh, just as soon as I can trade anything I care about over to someone else's game because there's no way for me to put in a Pokemon home. Mm. Um, but I, I'm excited to, to try that with these uh, with these games just because they're a little more. I mean, it's a little more reasonable with a game like this as opposed to a Sword and Shield to go through and do a yeah. Nuzlocke challenge. And I think the other thing I had a, a bear with is just they've updated move sets of Pokemon, but there's like missing moves now that were in the original that are no longer in this game. Like Aaron, by necessity, doesn't have heal order for some reason. Uh, that's been removed. Uh, Jump Kid from Benary, Return and Frustration, they're gone. Pursuit's gone. So, like, in competitive now, like, ghosts and fucking psychic types are just all over the fucking place and can't get rid of them. But yeah, just weird things like that. I, I don't know if anyone else has got something that. Was a bugbear to them in this game, or I, I don't know if it was part of the original games because I've come far back. But one of the things that bothered me is the lack of variety in the kind of opponent trainers Pokemon. Oh, There'd yeah. be areas where yeah you'd run into someone who would have like three Geo dudes, and then the next guy would have three Geo dudes. It's like was it the Fisher of like five Magic Cops? <laughs> Yeah, that's so an every one game. of one of those guys yeah. had like two Magikarps and two Goldines. All right. <laughs> yeah, I would have oh, liked to just you. go to some areas and face trainers with different Pokemon, but they all seem to. You go to one area and everybody has the same Pokemon, and it, it felt more obvious than maybe previous games. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed Black and White is because they didn't. By design, they only included the Pokemon that were new to that decks in yeah. those games. So it did feel a little fresh, a little more fresh than something like Diamond and Pearl. I think that was one of the biggest complaints when these games, when they originally came out, was the limited decks or the limited number of new Pokemon and how a lot of things felt samey. 
Um, and the fact there were only two native fire type Pokemon in the entire region, and one of them was a starter. And, and the other was someone a who picked Turtwig this time around. <laughs> I really wish I'd picked Chimchar. Yeah, I, I remember playing yeah. Diamond and Pearl for the first time ever with Turtwig. And I remember it was, I had PTSD. Like, I'm never picking Turtwig again in a game. Ever I love Turtwig, of it. though. I love that yeah. Pokemon's no, design, that's so just, I had to use it this time. Yeah, around. no, you. I mean, you're a braver man than me. That's that's all I'm saying. Um, but no, to, to Sam's point, I mean, they easily could have, like, freshened up some of the trainer teams. But again, that's probably maybe, like you were saying earlier, like, that's maybe a Masuda thing where he was like, nah, you're not touching those. Keep it faithful. Yeah. But like 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 I said earlier, they they have you know changed move sets of 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 like some Pokemon change abilities. They've held items especially, and I think we'll talk about that when we talk about the Elite Four. But like like gym leaders now having held items on their Pokemon made the the the, the battles a lot more fun for me. And like I came into this game thinking like oh. I've gone through dozens of Pokemon games now. I sort of understand everything. I've gone into like competitive now. Like these, these trainers are not going to be a problem for me. And like coming up against some gym, like, oh, hang on a minute. I've got my work cut out for me here. So that's been a refreshing change. Um, but I think before we get to all that kind of stuff, the, I think the biggest thing that we haven't spoken about yet is the soundtrack. Just I want I want to know everyone's opinion on what the soundtrack sounds like to them compared to like the original. If they like it, if they dislike it, what what do they prefer, what do they not prefer. I'll start with you, Sam. What, any preferences on soundtrack? Um, it's not my it's not my favorite Pokemon soundtrack. Uh, personally, I can't speak for kind of what it was like on the original Diamond and Pearl because I I genuinely can't remember. But okay. for me, it's 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 fine. It's good, solid Pokemon music, but it's not my favorite. Okay, Jordan, how about you, buddy? This soundtrack fucks. <laughs> 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 like, I mean, I. Th- to me sounds very very similar to the original music just made i think with a little bit more of a modern way to put music composition into video wise games. it is quite yeah. similar yeah like but like since cynthia's theme i say is like 90 percent the same mm. for the most part and then just like i mean the the tracks that i i that stick with me are the ones that i remember like jubilife's and then um the road right before sunny shore like those are kind of the always the two themes that have always stuck with me and they sound really good i know that in the original like 1.0 patch of the game there was just some placeholder music left in so i'm really happy that the the game patched that out day one yeah and they didn't patch it out though you know that right they didn't patch it out no there's an item you can get after you finish the game that unlocks the original ds soundtrack but that's not what i'm talking about there was just some, like some recreation. Of that, yeah. There was like yeah. version one music in the game. You can find it on YouTube. I think Mix Hadley's got some of the soundtrack. But yes, it was basically they recreated yeah. the DS music in um, MIDI. Mighty. I'm not familiar with how that mm. software MIDI, yeah. MIDI. Yeah. But that that is a really good addition, by the way, <laughs> Mitch. That you brought up the fact that you can like switch between the two post game. Yeah. Wait. No. Where awesome. is that item? Um. You have to. Uh, you know, yeah. Sorry. Go for it. It's uh. It's in the the hotel Grand Lake area. Gotcha. You know, before you go over to Sunny Shore, there's like that hotel area. You were talking, you were talking about it earlier with the terrible uh, rock. Yeah, with the terrible camera. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the, in there, there's a guitarist you can uh, you can talk to who'll give you the item. Bet. I still got to grab that to see what that sound is like because honestly, I'm I'm with Jordan on this one. The soundtrack slaps. Um, I think for me, the one that I always come back to as study music or work music or whatever you want to call it is Snowpoint's theme. Oh, and yes. the Snowpoint theme here is just, it's next level good. It's mm. just so ambient. It's, it's so fitting to the region. And I felt like a lot of the, a lot of the songs here were fitting to the areas that 
they were in. So, you know, some heavier stuff for when you were uh, in Byron's gym or, or Rourke's gym. There was, I don't know, there's just a lot that really resonates here. And I still stand by the fact that the Pokemon series has better music than the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's I, also I, easier to understand the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I was going to be a cynic and we're talking about Sword and Shield, it's because there's no fucking story. But no, no, I'm not going to go down that route. I'm not going to anti. I'm not anti Kingdom Hearts. But Hopefully, yeah, no, Gen no, Nine no, takes that feedback for Sword and Shield. And yeah, fingers know, crossed. Up to eleven gives us another story akin to Black and White. Oh mate, that's nothing's been the best that story level. in yeah. any Pokemon game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I love the music in this game, but. So as a general rule, I think any of the root music, any of the city music, I think. Perhaps for me, probably better than the original. I can say that confidently, I think. Especially like Route 216, like going towards Snowpoint City. That music is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you got Route 228, which is like post-game. The jazzy sounding one sounds like even more jazz now, which is amazing. Like going to the Pokemon League as well. Fucking fantastic music. But I... For me, this I think like when it comes to like trainer battles and, and wild encounter battles, it sounds great. But it doesn't. It doesn't have the same sort of impact. Slash, I think it, it might be because like the the base of the music in these games are like a lot more drowned out compared to like their original sort of compositions. So I, for me, I've always felt something that was like missing in like trainer battles and stuff like that. I think the only sort of trainer battle that I think was improved from the original was the commander theme or like Team Galactic. But for me, I think it's a lot more flat compared to the original. Whilst when you go to like Oras and listen to those soundtracks, they sound different and they sound a lot more impactful compared to the originals. So I, that's probably just a me thing, I guess. But yeah, I like no, the music I think for the most I part. Think that's fair. I think yeah, there's there's something to be said about these soundtracks, and I think um, yeah, it's. I think part of the at least for me, I really like the trainer theme in this game, but also you hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah a lot like walk three feet go from the root theme back to the trainer theme so i think there's there there's maybe a chance to have multiple trainer themes so the the audio and the music doesn't start to feel as repetitive as it can be especially in a game that can be as grindy as pokemon i know i will never forget the uh the victory road theme because of how much time i had to spend in there to get ready for cynthia <laughs> did, you, did you have to grind a lot for cynthia's battle so Let's, let's just go into Did? the Elite Four, guys. Let's let's talk about the Elite Four and like our teams yeah, let's and stuff talk like about that. These sons of <laughs> yeah, I mean okay. the first four were no problem, and that's actually where I ended up doing the majority of my grinding for Cynthia because Cynthia's no joke. At least with the team that I took, uh, mm -hmm. I go took on. Hit us with the team, dude. Tell us a story. The team. Oh God, I don't have my switch with me, so I can't actually look up the screenshot. But it was Torterra. It was Gastrodon. It was Garchomp. So very ground heavy. It was. Oh crap. Crobat. It was Crobat was like the MVP. Oh, Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime was clutch. And I don't remember the sixth mon because it was forgettable. It wasn't a Star Raptor or something, was it? it no, no, no. Uh, uh, it may have been. No, it was Luxray. There we go. Need that Intimidate. That, that Intimidate came in clutch because the only way I was able to beat that Garchomp was Burn Hacks from Scald. Yeah. <laughs> intimidate <laughs> from, Lucar or from Luxray. And then I just lucked out with. I think it might have been Dragon Claw for my Garchomp. Oh, nice. So you, it was basically like four Mons versus one, basically. I needed all the yeah. hacks to get through that Garchomp. That's for damn sure. Yeah. How about you, Jordan? What was your team? Um, my team was 
uh, by the time I got to the Elite Four. Infernape, Togekiss, Roserade, Frostlass, Electivire, thanks to Yukamel, and Gastrodon. And uh, how's uh, your Elite Four like journey? How, how did you find them? I had to go through it twice. First three, fine. Psychic one was like, oh, that was a... Like, I, I made it, but, like, that was a close one. Mm. And keep in mind, I'm healing between each of these. Yeah. I get to Cynthia, and I'm like, all right, this is what it all comes down to. And funny enough, I don't remember struggling with her so much as a kid but as a kid i was probably just over leveled and i went in with a palkia so yeah <laughs> nice. um and so the, the first battle with her was like going okay and i got her down to her guard shop and i was like it's the last one and i think at this point i had a majority of my team left or all of my team left because there's points in which i revive them and stuff it doesn't matter if she gets off a swords dance she didn't. I didn't even know she had that, and thank God. Oh, um, God, yeah. That's the only reason I survived the, the second time around. Yeah. So, I had multiple, like, so my Electivire has Ice Punch, my Gastrodon had Ice Beam, and my Frostlass obviously had Ice Moves. So I was like, okay, I have three ways to kill this thing. Um, My Gastrodon was the only one that was able to get a hit in, and did, like, a quarter damage. And so she ended up whooping my ass with just this Garchomp. <laughs> And so, what, what was your face when you saw the Yachi Berry activate? <laughs> like, that, yo, that was some fucking bullshit. It's not if you use dragon type moves and fairy type moves, because it's the only way I got through it. I purposefully didn't throw my Gastrodon at her the second time around because I knew Ice Beam was going to do jack. But uh, so then what I did was, at this point, it was like past midnight for me. So I was like, I'll take care of this tomorrow. But very quickly, I've, I've been checking the. Um, that lone house that's on 221 before Romanus Park because that guy gets you an expert belt and I like to run my Electivire with an uh, with an expert belt but so the first day he'll give you a black belt if you could show him a Pokemon of the level he's thinking of I had done that already this past minute I was like let's see what Pokemon he wants today or what level he wants today he wanted level 69 nice <laughs> and uh, my Electivire was the highest one he was like at 64 and I was like, okay, we're grinding you up so I could get this belt. And in the process, because of the shared experience, uh, everyone kind of leveled up a little bit. I went in with a tiny bit of a different strategy and was able to beat her on my second try. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Sam? Uh, so I'm, I've not beaten them yet. I'm now in victory road. Oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> so yeah, I've got it all You're going to take back. all this advice and actually go in and win the first time I've, around. Yeah. I've oh, seen honey, you got a big it. storm coming. Uh, <laughs> Not if you're appropriately leveled, because hearing that um, Jordan got there in like the mid 60s, I'm like, I got there in my highest mom was like 54. Yeah, I'm, I'm mid to late 50s, I think, at the moment. You, so yeah, by, by the time I could actually beat her, my highest was 70 and everybody else was in like the upper mid 60s yeah i think by the so end i was like yeah, mid 60s for everything yeah um i'm running heracross gyarados torterra magnezo crobat and one more that i can't remember I love, you're I love... really gonna like your crobat by the end of it i'm just telling you that now my crobat <laughs> came in so clutch for the elite four yeah but... it's been it's been my mvp throughout the game thus far so sam purposely 
went to every honey tree to find that damn harrow cross. <laughs> I said to him, oh, I'll give I'll give you an egg. You can just hatch it. There you go. Then the harrow was like, nah, I'll just I'll just I'll stick to the honey trees. <laughs> You're I genuinely a mad bastard, believe, dude. <laughs> I genuinely believe that's why I've not beaten the game yet. In fact, I know it's why I've not kind of beaten the Elite Four yet, because I spent so much time going from honey tree to honey tree just to catch my own egg. I can't wait till you have to start looking for a free pass, dude. <laughs> You're gonna fucking hate your life. <laughs> just don't do it. Just don't do it. That's the easiest way, is just to not do it. Yeah, the easiest way is just wait for Pokemon Home. I um. So my experience of Elite Four is, for the most part, it was it was a pleasant experience. Um, and then I got to, uh, Flint, and that fucking Drifflim. I managed to take it out. Thank thank God. That was but, tough the yeah, first time around. Oh my god, yeah. I burned through so many friggin' uh, hyper potions and. Revives on that one. Oh, he baton passed into his fucking Infernape. I managed to take out the Infernape. And he baton into... passed after what? Two min two or three minimizes. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I, got, I got super lucky, but then he brought his Drifting again. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And it took me a while He's to just gonna do it burn again. it down. Yeah. Yeah. But thank God I, I managed I got to beat to the it. I where it was struggling against me. That's his last <laughs> mod. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. That, that was a yeah. brutal fight for me. Um, but then when I got to Cynthia, like, so my, my team for, for my playthrough was Infernape, Gastrodon, uh, Gligar, Alakazam, uh, Jirachi, and Luxray. And like, she she led out with, I think it was her Gastrodon, managed to kill that quite easily. That, that wasn't yeah. a problem. Um, and then Roserade came in, Psyshocked her face, you're dead. Um, and then her fucking spirit tomb came out. And this motherfucker gave me so much trouble, especially because like, I only had like, one fairy move on my team. And that did fuck all to it, which because my, I reset for my Jirachi to be a jolly nature, not knowing that Ironhead wasn't in the fucking game for it. Like, so yeah, I, I struggled so much against Spirit Tomb. Eventually, I managed to get my Gastron out. I had Quick Claw and managed to kill the fucking Spirit Tomb. And then she sent out Milotic. And guys, the only reason why I managed to beat her first time round is because the fucking um, Gastrodon that I got and evolved had fucking Storm Drain. And so oh, you luck. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I couldn't believe my luck. So she was my sticky hold gastronaut. Yeah. So she she kept scalding um my my um gastrodon and then after she realized that it wasn't gonna do anything, she started like recovering and ice beaming because of the flame orb and then mirror coating as well. So all I did was keep storing her out of like mirror coats, keep storing her out of like recovers, and then keep storing her out of um, ice beams. And actually, this is the first Pokemon game where I've used them X items, you know, the X attack and stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, the only reason I beat that Drifloon is because I used an X accuracy. <laughs> oh, nice. It was the first time I've used those X items. And so, like, by the time like Cynthia had run out of mirror coats, ice beams, and scalds, uh, recovers, sorry, she got me to plus six. And then, yeah, my Gastrodon quick clawed her Lucario, and then. Ice Beam actually killed through the Yachi Berry. <laughs> so, like, that Gastrodon now is going to be immortalized for me, and I'm going to take it everywhere. Like, it, it fucking carried me throughout my playthrough. So, shout out to Gastrodon. But those were some fun fights, and, like, I wasn't expecting Cynthia to be as difficult as I imagined her as a kid. But she's even well, more difficult in this game, which is well, amazing. Yeah. Items, dude. Items killed it. Yeah. No, but it's not just that. Like, you know, this game has been getting data mined since before it even came out, but, like, the elite, I, I get people are sometimes complaining that Pokemon's gotten too easy. I personally disagree with that because I think part of it is just you've gotten older and you know what works. Mm. Yeah. But the elite four have thirty i or like yeah thirty iv, so like just shy of perfect. They'll have one um stat with a two fifty two evs, and then the other 
uh, kind of spread around everything. Are you shitting me? Are you serious? That, that's actually a thing? Yeah, no. <laughs> and then Cynthia has, has perfect IVs and has the full um, 500 EVs that you're allowed, or 510, because the, I forgot the exact number, but the Elite Four don't have all of them, but they have one stat maxed out, and then whatever was left over spread around every other stat except the, the one type of attack that they don't use. And then they're yeah. holding, like, competitive items. Yeah. Plus, like you said, Driftblum had Baton Pass, which is actually banned in Smogon. Like, I know that's not BGC. Yeah. I mean, so... So, is, so is anything to do with accuracy, so Minimize would have been ban banned too, right? Yeah. But it but does like, make for a challenging fight. But it, it, the level curve is so much, because, like, the gym leaders aren't terribly difficult. And then, on top of that, you can't go through uh, a gameplay team with a comp you can't go through a gameplay having a good competitive team because you're forced to fight certain Pokemon, which means your EV spread's not going to be the way you want. No, you no. don't unlock the good breeding stuff right away. So like, no, nobody, let alone people who don't fully understand competitive Pokemon, is going to put in all this time to make a competitive team to go to the Elite Four, and then they're showing up with all this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, 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 you know what? I kudos, kudos to Ilgo Game Freak or whoever decided to do that because that's probably one of the best changes they've made in that case. If they went through all that trouble, because well, it made the fight so much more enjoyable. The enhancements they made in the post, post, post game uh, gym battles and Elite Four rematches. Yes, yeah. I can't wait to actually build up a team to go after those. But those are fine. Those are rematches, and like the fact that they're competitive is fun. It's kind of like the battle tree. Yeah. I, th I think we can all agree that's probably one of the best things about these games then is, is the rematches and you know the fact that these teams are actually putting up a fight against us because I remember like the Kalos Elite Four and like the Kalos Elite Four's got probably one of my favorite Elite Four themes uh, battle themes ever but you never get to the end of it because you kill them way faster than you than you expect to um, but yeah definitely in this game it put up a fight it put up a fight um, you said like gym leaders were a doddle, but I think the one gym leader I struggled against and thankfully managed to make it through was Maylene and her, her fucking Lucario that kept setting up on me. And I had yeah, to keep like switching said, that, was the, that was one my sister struggled on. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Actually, me yeah, and like, or Sal were sitting there like coaching her from the couch of like, hey, no, go grab these items, teach these moves, and, and kiss your ass goodbye, hopefully. Yeah. Sorry, Joan, what are you saying? Did yeah, like everybody I know at work was like, oh, the, the, the fighting gym leader fucked me up real bad. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, no. And like, then I went to it and like, I had a Staraptor at this point that, oh. no, so not Staraptor. I had a Starly that just had evolved into Staravia, but at one point I was going to have a Staraptor on my team. Then Togekiss came along. But so I was, I was perfectly fine in that gym. I mean, even Staravia with Intimidate just nerfs that entire gym, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the problem with me was like I kept switching back and forth between it, um, and it kept setting up. So it was like neglecting like any intimidate I was giving it. So yeah, it was it was a bit frustrating for me. But yeah, I got through it. But yeah, the battles in these games were largely enjoyable. Um, I think I think with it quote unquote being a faithful remake, it's it doesn't rank above the other remakes that have come before it. Simply because I would have liked to have like fights against post-game gym leaders with different Pokemon. Like, you know, Cynthia having a Gen 7 or Gen 8 Pokemon would have been pretty cool to fight against and, and stuff like that. And, you know, being able to use different Pokemon from future generations would have been really nice in, in this game. But yeah, that's another reason why I think they didn't put home integration in, is I don't think they didn't they want anybody to know that 
you can't use newer mon and if that's something that doesn't change that's really gonna damper these remakes for me because every other remake you've been able to use mons that went past that original generation yeah yeah but they they already set the precedence with sword and shield of like yeah the pokedex in this game is the pokedex in this game albeit you know they added dlc down the road but i don't i don't think they're going to patch future gens into this game when pokemon home comes out no. like it'll just be what it is and i'm honestly okay with it, it doesn't bother me one way or another it's not game breaking but at the same like like i i love pokemon i love getting these new experiences i love getting different sorts of experiences to what i'm used to and it's just a shame with this game i'm probably not gonna get that but at the same time i enjoy it and I, it, I, it's this conundrum that's never gonna end with me where i love these games and at the same time i wish they were more and you know that's just a mere problem i guess but yeah i mean is there anything you guys wanted to bring up that i haven't brought up already in terms um, of games there's some issue with following pokemon oh fucking hell yeah. don't, don't, don't get don't don't give my boy golem any shit he had a great time rolling around behind me all right so that's the thing is golem is animated in a really cool way yeah, and then all is. the snake pokemon are just kind of being drug around <laughs> yeah they are snake <laughs> and the, okay the scaling not being the scaling could have been better like i didn't need let's go levels of scaling because i get that it's the games don't look the same, but Heart Gold and Soul Silver kind of did scaling, like roughly. Yeah, those were also they were two D though, so I can give and them yeah, a little more. There's a little bit more of a, of a pass to give, but the 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 following Pokemon here one just suck at keeping up with you. <laughs> My Jirachi's like five routes behind me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is they have Collision on, so if you're like in a corner and your Pokemon's behind you, you now hit the Pokemon and have to push them out of the way, and it slows you down. When they could have just had you like phase through it and just have it come back behind you. That probably explains why my Togepi hasn't evolved yet. It just fucking hates me. <laughs> just crashing into I had a really, I had a really fun time with, uh, I can't remember which route it was, but it had a whole bunch of like overhead, like pathways that were like elevated based on where I was. Mm. So I'd run through there with my, uh, I think it was a Gabite at the time and I'd get far enough away. So it would, you know, clip its way back to me and be really close to me, but it would, it would spawn on the bridge and not next to me. And it had no way of following me, so it was just stuck on the bridge as I was underneath it. I'm just like, okay, I guess it's just gonna I'm gonna walk further away and it's gonna respawn behind me again because it no, doesn't no. understand how collision. I had works. the I had the opposite happen where it respawned under the bridge I was on. <laughs> oh god. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but it is funny. <laughs> My Pokemon almost drowned and you're laughing, really? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for calling yeah, no. things for Sonas. <laughs> but, like, following Pokemon, I think, is, like, one of the Pokemon features that everybody loves and wants to just become a mainstay at this point. Especially now that they took the, the thing from Let's Go, where it's not just the first Pokemon in your party that's following you. You could have a different, like, opener for your team, but have a different Pokemon follow you. Yeah. And I think that adds I also a really kept good... forgetting that you could have Pokemon follow you that's the other thing is they're not allowed inside any building or cave um the water pokemon don't follow you when you're surfing which they do in the sword and shield dlc like there's just a lot of like shortcuts and things that they decided not to do with certain following pokemon mm. yeah i don't know it just bothers me 
Yeah. It's weird. And then like mini Dialga is mini Dialga. It's just, it's odd. I will yeah. literally change this entire world. <laughs> but first nap time says Chibi Dialga. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am the controller of space and time, but also I'm two foot tall. Fear me. <laughs> oh man. I, I don't know. I mean I mean my overall thoughts of this game is an enjoyable Pokemon game. And uh that's all I have for it, really. It's an enjoyable Pokemon game, and I'll, I'll probably replay it again with Pearl next year. Um, and I'll hope that one of these days we get, like, a, a 3D version of Sinnoh. That's not obviously set fucking years in the past, but... Yeah. Hey, maybe they'll it's be that, trying to travel. Give us that Pokemon MMO with all the regions, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, Dude, just make it happen already. Jordan, what's your uh, overall thoughts for, for this this game? Uh, my overall thoughts of this game is I think how my father feels about me, where it's like, I love it, but I'm really heavily disappointed in it, because <laughs> I just want it to be better. Sorry. Oh, fair. Mitch, how about you, buddy? It's a Pokemon game. I went into it expecting a Pokemon game, and they delivered a Pokemon game. So I love it, and I can understand why people don't. And Sam, how about you? Yeah, I'm having a very good time with it. I knew I would. Um... They could have done nothing to it, and I would—I know—I'd still have a good time. Yeah, with it. it's kind of whetted the appetite. It's got me back in the Pokemon world, ready for Arceus now. So, yeah, it's fine. It's never going to be one of my favorite Pokemon games, but it's a Pokemon game. So, yeah, I think I think you've just—you've prompted something that I was going to end this this podcast with. But this has really got me in the mood for Legends Arceus now. Like, I I'm very much ready to play that game. And I can't wait for it. I mean, Jordan, how do you feel? How does I mean, this I'm, game, like, you know, I, make yeah. you feel about the next game? Like, I'm I'm so excited for Legends RCS. I think that it's it's one step closer to that Pokemon game everybody imagines. Um, thing is, it's like part of me wants to like I've been playing ROM hacks the past few months, like just learning more about like ROM hacks and fan games. And part of me is like, don't play a new one because I don't want to like Pokemon myself out. Yeah. Um. But, like, whether or not it's gotten me more... I would say, like, my excitement for Arceus is still the same. Yeah. Where I basically went, yep, this was basically just a HD remaster of the DS games. But Arceus is really going to take things into a different direction, which is what I want. Mm. Cool. And Mitch, how about you, buddy? Just before that, just to go back to what Jordan was talking about with ROM hacks. Mm. This game being built in Unity and already being data mined... This game is going to be hacked out the butt, and we're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff over the next few years in this game, and I do expect the ROM hacking community to kind oh, of they, embrace yeah, they, this because of how open and accessible it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think someone's already, be. like, um, started making changes to, like, the original Diamond and Pearl um, and added stuff from this game to that, the, the original game. So I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'll try to have a look for it because I bookmarked it somewhere, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely send it over. But it's interesting to know that this game, as well as being, you know, going to be turned into a ROM hack of some sort, and it'd be, we might get that platinum that we all wanted. Well, I, I say we all wanted, but you know, that would have been nice to have. We might get that platinum content that way. Who knows? Yeah, we shall see. But yeah, yeah. I like I've said off the top, Legends Arceus is probably one of my most anticipated games of next year, mm. and we're getting it a couple of days before my birthday, and I feel like it's coming out just in time for Pokemon Company to say, "We're sorry, you're turning 30. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, well, thank you all for joining me. Uh, Sam, where can the good people find you? Uh, I'm Captain Woodsy on Twitter, 
and you can find all of my stuff and my team stuff over at Jewel Shoppers. Thank you, buddy. And how about you, John? You can find me over on Twitter, where I will not call Lucario a, a fursona at Jordan underscore Deeb. And then you can find the other channel I do at Shared Screens. If you find us on Twitter, our link tree is right there, and you'll be able to get access to every podcast service we're on and our YouTube channel. And you've also done a uh, Pokemon um, review as well, which I'll yes. link down below. Uh, me and Austin from this team at Shared Screens also had on Tucker Hazel from Backlog Banter, and we talked about Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl as well. So check that out if you want to hear their thoughts. Yeah, thanks for the invite, by the way. Yeah, and Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Mitch, here's the, Mitch, Mitch, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, Camille yeah. I told I me in advance that you were going to be on this, and I was like, I don't want to do the same podcast twice. <laughs> nah, nah, I get it. I'm just giving you a hard time. Jordan still turned up though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I'm incredibly privileged, and th thank you both. And, and Mitch, sorry. Lastly, how about you? No, it's okay. Uh, you can find the links to almost everything at MitchGeorge.com. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Mitch George. And you can find the video game podcast I host on Twitter at PressYYZ, YouTube.com slash PressYYZ, Twitch.tv slash PressYYZ. And you can find the Disney Plus podcast I host, Disney Plus Us, on Twitter at D Plus Us and on your podcast service of choice, of course. I've been incredibly privileged to have these uh, three people on. Until next time, got to catch them all. I've never ended it like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna leave this in, but instead, instead of pressing the stop record button, I pressed the disconnected from Discord. Like, where's it? Yeah, like, that I'm was gonna, quick. I'm, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep this in now, so everyone's gonna see this blunder. But no, yeah, no, I'm gonna end it now.